Ladies and gentlemen, this is a public service announcement. For regular viewers and listeners of AWI Pod, please do not be offended as this program contains good wrestling. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another action packed episode. It's Warring to Attitude. This is the 34th edition. I, of course, am your host, Brent Piles. And with me, as always, because I cannot war to attitude all by my lonesome is my fearless co-host. He is the ballroom brawling disco dancer dying by stretch and intercontinental playboy. Folks, he's more over than VR reviews at J. Russell. Not Glenn, Glenn Abbott. How, Glenn, how you doing? I've calmed down. <laughs> <laughs> it took a few days. I don't think I don't think Mikel Arteta has, but I have, judging by his press conference today. Yeah, he will. He, um, I we can assume that our manager will be getting some sort of suspension, I assume, or fine after. I doubt it. I you doubt so. I don't think so. Um, they've been very quiet about it. Normally, if a manager comes out and says something at the weekend by Monday, he's suspended, right? I think, I think it's a case of we'll sit on this hat on our hands and hope this goes away, it blows over because we don't want to stir up this hornet's nest. Because we cocked up. Uh, yeah, I don't. Um, I'm not. I don't know how uh, a goal can count when the ball clearly went out of bounds. Like I, I was like, it's I, in live in real time. I'm like, it's out of bounds. What are we doing here? Even even if you take the it being over the line and being out of bounds out of the equation, the guy was clearly offside. You could see a white sock. Clearly, past the play of everybody else, yeah, which was Newcastle sock. So that was one thing. The other thing was is the guy had to score the goal, pushed our defender two hands in the back and pushed him over. Yeah. So it didn't really matter about whether the ball was in or out. A, it was offside, and B, it was a foul. So maybe I so I was trying to watch three things at once. By this point, I had wrestling on, the wrestling yeah. game on, and, and and football on. So I didn't see the offside, but I definitely saw the foul, and I certainly saw yeah. the ball was out. So oh, they, but, they, they fucked up three times. Yeah, believe me, I have seen it from every angle and stop framed and everything in the last couple of days from various different people. I I believe it, Glenn. I believe it, but yeah, I don't. Like we always say, VAR giveth, but sometimes VAR taketh away. Or VAR doesn't taketh away at all when it should. Yes, exactly. It's just the way it goes, I guess. And Yeah, but the thing with, with the VAR is watching it in replay and everything, we're supposed to take away referee error. But all it's done is added more. Yeah. And the other interesting thing is, which I'm not going to talk about on on air i'll tell you afterwards what i've also found out about the people that were running the var on saturday oh uh, <laughs> uh, yeah anyway talking about saturday there was a pretty pay-per-view or pa pll premium live event the ple ple oh your ple whatever it is yeah, crowd jaw wasn't bad at all. I would go further than that. I would say it was uh, pretty goddamn good. I mean, there the only match on there that wasn't interesting to me or didn't have anything compelling about it was the five way. Yeah, I know. 
And that was a po- total pointless. Just get women on the card for no reason. Yeah, and like, you know, WWE, they've been doing really good stuff lately, but I think the one thing that they... They probably done this with more one. But one thing, the one main thing to me that they've super fumbled is they've completely fumbled Rhea Ripley's um, title reign because, like, she's super over and supposed to be dominating, but I don't feel like she ever has a match. And when she does have a match, it's not a decent match. She hasn't had a decent feud. I just don't think it's it's really hasn't went well for her as opposed to like being the champion. I don't think. Apart from Becky Lynch, they've got no credible opponent on Raw. That's the problem. That's true. All the decent ones are on SmackDown. That's true. That is true. Uh, and we also got the return. Kyrie Sane is back now. Uh, she popped yes. up to help EO defeat Bianca Belair. And Bailey looked rather confused by this. So I wonder what this means for the future of damage control. I think Bailey's being kicked out of damage control. I, I think you're probably right. <laughs> I, think, I think the Japanese girls are taking over. Bailey will be put out. I also saw, I don't know if this is true or not, I saw something on the Instagram that said that they are also bringing Saray back. So, I don't know if they're going to throw her in the same group as them, but... Oh, right, yeah. Could well be. Which is timely, because we just talked about how Saray disappeared from TV, and then I, I saw that, like, you know... This yeah. Week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, luckily, yeah. So that's 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 two that we know haven't been released or been rehired, whichever. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I know Kyrie was doing some stuff with. Um, didn't she face Sasha in New Japan? Wasn't it Kyrie yeah. versus? Yeah. Yeah. So she had to have been released. I don't. I, I think she was doing sort of ambassador work in Japan for WWE. Yeah, she was for a while. That's yeah. The, so I think it's more like an open contract that she could do stuff as long as it's in Japan and not on American TV. Yeah, that, that could possibly be. Yeah, yeah. Um, Logan Paul is the United States champion now. Um, yes. So that's something. See how long that lasts. Um, <laughs> and we have a new prediction champion. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yes. Glenn is the winner. He is the prediction champion. Congratulations, Glenn. First time. Is it? Yeah, it's the first time. It's his history have been doing it. Uh, you're like you're, I, yeah. we've, like, we've been co-champions. This is probably your first solo championship. Yeah, it there. is my, yeah, my first solo championship. Well, holy shit, Glenn. <laughs> You'll get to hold on until at least Survivor Series. Yeah, and that's going to be a bastard to call that is. Well, especially because <laughs> you're going to have War Games matches, so. Yeah. Um, that'll be interesting setting that up. Um, literally, like other than the five way women's match, the match that I thought was the least exciting was the main event. It was it wasn't bad, but it just like I, meh. yeah, I just think it, you know, that's the trouble with. I don't really want to say because there's been so much about it that Roman Reigns matches are what they are. It takes something really special. To elevate a Roman's Reigns match. The trouble with that is, after time, is you know he's going to win. And you know how he's going to win. Yeah. So we're waiting to see what happens now. They've got to... Because by the time... They're going to do exactly what they did with Cody. By the time they... They put the title... If they decide to put the title on LA Knight, by the time they do, 
it'll it'll be all the heat, all the love that he's getting at the moment. It would have cooled off. Yeah, um, but, but then it, they got it right with Seth Rollins. They created this new title and gave it to him just at the right time. And there's no sign of it cooling off with him at the moment, with uh, everybody singing along. Yeah. Even though every month we, we one of us picks for him to lose, but it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, on Raw last night, they had him against Sammy. Oh, yeah. That's what you said. Yeah. And you got two so over faces. Yeah. Yeah. They were still, they were still cheering for Seth Rollins. So. And like the mayor said to us, I didn't realize until he said this, but Rollins is the only babyface champion they have on the main roster. He's the yep. only one. He is. He is. Especially now that uh, Logan Paul is the what US is it? Champion, North American yeah. US champion. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. Uh, not I think same could be said on NXT, couldn't it? Who's uh, Ilya. Ilya? I think Ilya's Ilya is a babyface. Yeah. Well, and and Laura Valkyrie isn't isn't a. Oh, she's yeah. a baby face too. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. I forgot that she won that. That was really good as well. They have all baby face champions <laughs> because they got Chase. She was the tag team champions too. So they yeah, they're the yeah. they're total opposite. They're the opposite <laughs> side of the coin. They're all baby faces down there. Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. So I mean, with Survivor Series coming up, it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure it'll be like a Cody's team versus like the Judgment Day or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be, isn't it? And then I don't know what they'll do with the women's one, but um, hopefully they tell a better story with it because last year it just felt it felt thrown together. And please, during War Games matches, stop doing the thing where guys put 20 weapons in the ring. Don't do that. Stop doing that. I would have, I would have said, you know, the, the timings are all wrong on the women at the moment because if this sort of damage control breakup... Yeah. Have been like a month ago. They were had all that time, as you say, to bring Saray in and right, and have the Japanese girls plus a couple of other hills against Bailey, who's now who would at as the turn, yeah, and a crew of hers, right, right. It's, uh, be- that'd be too rushed. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what they do with Dakota Kai now because I don't even think Dakota Kai is clear to even wrestle right now. So no, she, she doesn't. She just walks around a lot. Yeah, and makes great TikTok videos with Kathy Kelly. Um, All right. <laughs> don't ask me how I know that, Glenn, but I know it. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I think- what are you doing? Your private time is your own business. Thank you, Glenn. It's mostly I usually like watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and play college football on my phone that's what i do with my free time most of the time or glenn sometimes when i have free time i watch some 1997 wf wrestling and i did that yesterday uh, last night you were watching raw and i was watching in your house number 16 glenn it's canadian stampede you ready to talk about this thing certainly do we have been blessed all the the crap pay-per-view yeah pay-per-views that we've had up to this point and they go and launch us with this one. Yeah, I can't. I can't even think back to any of the pay per views that I thought were great. Um, no, I think no, there was maybe one good one. Yeah, this the no. This is even better than WrestleMania. 
Oh, this is a hundred times better than WrestleMania 13. <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania 13 had like one good match on it. Hmm. Um, and that was the thing with a lot of these pay-per-views. A lot of these pay-per-views have like one or two good matches on it, but they're not good shows because everything else on it's bad. So yeah. this is the really the first great show that we're going to review from 1997 because this one yeah. literally from top to bottom is like a nonstop good match after good match after good match. It was. Uh, it, it takes place on July the 6th uh, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada at the Saddle Dome. The Saddle Dome, which opened in 1983, it is home currently to the NHL's Calgary Flames. Also, also the Calgary Hitman, which is a WHL, which is a World Hockey League team that was actually founded by Bret Hart. And the, he is the inspiration for the team. Um, I don't think he's one of the owners now, but I think when they first started the the, the team, he was one of the owners. Mm-hmm. Um this is the one and only pay-per-view that's ever been ran at this uh, building, but they have had lots of house shows and AEW and WWE have both ran uh, TVs at both these, at this building, both just this summer. So they still visit the Saddle Dome to this day yeah. for WWE and even AEW. Um, so we get into the pay-per-view here and I love the black and white, like, preview for the pay-per-view that they do with the ominous voice in the background and i just think it's really really good i love them yeah it's how for anybody that hasn't watched the regular weekly shows up to this point it basically tells you where we are now with bret hart being a heel in america but a face everywhere else and austin being the opposite and yeah, and like, tonight the you know tonight tonight the hearts will be the heroes and the American wrestlers will be the villains is basically what they're saying here. Yeah. Um, what I found most interesting is we get you know we come in the the Canadian fans are going crazy they love Bret Hart but they can't spell his fucking name right on the signs Glenn. <laughs> they still got two fucking T's. God yeah. damn it! Every time, Glenn, can't we? We're in Canada. We love Case Calgary's native son, but we can't spell his fucking name. Right. <laughs> uh, it's just something you have to put up with. I do all the time where people only spell my my name with one N. No, oh, there's two N's in there. God damn it! Yeah, it your name out. is Glenn, not Glenn. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay, because my entire life, people have called me Brett. It's like, oh, nice to meet you. What's your name, Brent? Yeah. Brett? Yeah, I'm Brett. Brett. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they, they show the commentary team here, Glenn, and they've all got cowboy hats on. And I'm not 100% sure, but is this the first time we... No, Jim, Jim Ross's first cowboy hat was at the Royal Rumble in Texas, right? In yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, because the kid was taking the piss out of him on that one. Well, and uh, like, you would and- think... Vince, JR, and the king all have cowboy hats on. Uh, JR is normal. You think Vince is going to look the most ridiculous. But Jared the King Waller has the biggest, most obnoxious cowboy hat that you've ever seen in your life. It looks like one of those ones you would would buy as like a joke, like that says Macho Man on the side. It was literally that big. It was. It was that sort of thing. Don't kick that hat. There's something underneath it. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I don't even like. He had to have taken that off to call the matches. How could he have seen anything? He couldn't have. It's because he, he was trying to. When they were doing the back and forth at the beginning, he was trying to peer under it to see what was going <laughs> yeah. on. 
Another thing about the opening that I thought was funny is Vince tells us that tonight we're going to see an extraordinary Japanese match. Yes. And that's all he could tell us. He doesn't know anything else besides that. <laughs> extraordinary Japanese match. Yeah. You notice how quiet he was during that as well. The, it was JR did most of the commentary on that match. Yeah. I mean, JR does the heavy lifting on that one. <laughs> um, the very first match of the show is really a, a, a grudge match. It's Mankind taking on Hunter Hearst Helmsley. They they show it. They go in the back. Um, oh, no. I mean, well, as they're coming to the ring here, I made in my notes here, like, China looked like she had been chiseled from stone at this point. Like, she looks yeah. amazing, like, fantastic. And, and Vince, he's having orgasms. Oh, goddamn. Jesus. Look all those muscles, all those muscles out of vagina. Oh God! God damn it, pal! Yeah. <laughs> look at her traps. I wish my traps looked like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get a video package, of course, replaying the feud between Hunter and Mankind. Hunter, of course, beat Mankind in the King of the Ring finals. It was also narrated by Doc Hendricks, who sounded like an old radio host. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Uh, watch how Triple H and you uh, just sounded really funny. <laughs> it was. Uh, they got Howard Finkel in a fucking cowboy hat too. He's even wearing one. So everybody's wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah. So mankind then comes down to the ring, gets a big reaction, big pop from the Canadian fans here. Uh, these two waste no time as they uh, immediately start brawling as soon as mankind gets in the ring. Uh, what do you think about this one, Glenn? This was really good. Um, it was what it was in the ring. It's a it's a feud, right? Um. The good thing about this is the way that Triple H won the King of the Ring and then beat all poor old Mankind afterwards, then Mankind has got genuine grievance against him, which he, which actually, actually makes for good wrestling matches when somebody's actually got a grievance against somebody. And he's not yeah. just fooling together for no reason. They're not just two guys fighting for whatever reason. Yeah. Like you get, you're giving me not. They have a reason to care about beating this person up, so I have a reason to care while they have this. Yeah, feud. yeah definitely. Uh, one thing I like in this match is mankind hit like a double arm DDT, and then he mocked Triple H. Just a little bow that he does, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> mankind, like he back, he back by drops Triple H over the top rope. He hits that running elbow that he does off the apron. Even gives a little bang bang at the end, so they're still hinting at that. Um, uh, before <laughs> mankind is looking at China and she tells him to kiss her uh, butt, and he says, "It's lucky I'm a good kisser." He likes that. Yeah, <laughs> he likes to say that. Um, yeah, so it looks like Triple H is gonna leave, but mankind like chases him down and gives him a suplex on the ramp. Mankind's got the mandible claw locked in, but it's like he's like toward the bottom rope. And the referee's like not really looking, and he, China just like hauls off and slugs him right in the face, and that breaks that <laughs> from happening. Um, mankind goes after Triple H, attacks him from behind. Um, he, he there's some like a chair involved. This is really a hard hitting matchup. Um, my only complaint is that like there was no finish, but I guess I can't really complain because it's building to another story. You know what I mean? Exactly. You, know, you say, oh, well, it, uh, it didn't go anywhere, but then it lasts the whole show. Yes. <laughs> Just fighting everywhere throughout the building. Yeah. It was, it was great. Uh, none of it 
took away from anything else on the show. I think this is part of what made the show so good is that when you had a lull or some or a point where normally they'd throw in some stupid vignette or something, right? They just went to mankind and Triple H brawling. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I maybe I've said this before on the show, but like watching Triple H when I was younger and coming up watch wrestling, he was never like a guy I looked forward to watching or somebody I thought is like my favorite wrestler. But like when I go back and watch him now as an older wrestling fan, I really appreciate Triple H and really value watching the way he works in the ring because there's just a certain way that he carries himself and a certain way that he does it. And maybe because I'm more of an old school wrestling fan and I'm like more relate to that now. I'm way more into Triple H now than I ever was when he was actually in ring uh, competitor, honestly. Yeah. It was it. Uh, now, you've got two really good doing it and the whole story. And this is going to build to better things as well. Yeah. I can remember having at least one more, if not two really good matches after this. I know they definitely have a cage match at that mm. SummerSlam pay per view coming up. That's yeah. really, really good. I think it's one of the last ones in the big blue. Steel cage, as I've mm-hmm. got displayed here, but yeah. So uh, basically, Hunter hits mankind with a chair on the knee. He really starts working on mankind's knee. Um, the bull star got brawling around ringside. They end up fighting into the crowd, and then we get a double count out. Uh, really good opening match, awesome stuff. And then they they're brawling throughout the arena. Yeah. They're making a big deal that they're fighting inside the penalty box because, as I said, this <laughs> is a hockey arena. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's finally security separates them. Uh, Hunters busted open. Um, and they like Glenn said, this is going to be a running theme throughout the, the show. We're going to continue to see Hunter and Mankind just brawling throughout the arena. Um, then, then, Glenn, we get some highlights from the uh, Calgary Stampede Parade that apparently goes on oh. every year in Calgary. And Glenn, oh. do you want to hear some information about the Calgary Stampede? Oh, I've been anxiously waiting for this i wish i could have found more like information about the specific 1997 calgary stampede parade but i couldn't i wish i could have um so the calgary stampede uh parade takes place every year it's been going on since the 1920s it is a rodeo exhibition and festival held every july for 10 days it's billed as the greatest outdoor show on earth plan doesn't that sound exciting oh definitely yeah Every year, one person is named the marshal of the parade, and they've even had some big names that have been the marshal of this parade, including William Shatner. You heard of William Shatner, of course. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Mickey and Minnie Mouse. You were, you're familiar with Mickey and oh, Minnie Mouse? Yeah, I'm familiar with that pair, yes. And Bob Hope. You remember, you know Bob Hope, too, right? Yes. In 1997, actor Jack Palance was. Do you know Jack Palance? He was in. Oh, he was a really good baddie. Oh yeah, he was. So he's in City Slickers. He was in uh, Shane. He was in Tango and Cash. Yeah. Mysterious guy. Always, always a good baddie. I'm not like. Um, see, in America, we call a baddie something else. Like Selena Vega would be a baddie in America. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'm not familiar with him, but I do know the movie Shane. That's a pretty good cowboy flick. Yeah. So, and they also pick uh, a queen and two princesses to be selected as Stampede Royalty. Now, this isn't the same thing 
that Diana Hart was, which was Mrs. Calgary, Miss Calgary, or Mrs. Calgary. I'm Mrs. Right. Calgary, yeah. And she's married. This isn't the same thing because oh. these have to be between the ages of 19 and 24, so only young women. Um, mm -hmm. The emphasis is placed on horsemanship skills, Glenn, and the ability to serve as an ambassador for both the Stampede and the city, Glenn. The Royal Trio serves a one-year term, and they make, Glenn, listen to this, they make over 100 fucking appearances all over that year around town. Can you imagine? Yeah. I can. Good it Lord. happens over here as well. They don't quite go so much on the horsemanship. It's more whether you, the, the, the young ladies are well endowed or not. It doesn't mean that, that, and it doesn't mean they want to find out if you can, you know, they can have sex with the four horsemen. That's not what that means. No, no, no. Not <laughs> what a, it means. It means, means right horsemen. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just want to clarify. <laughs> Over here, it would be more like, but yeah. And in, in 1997, Holly Cartwright was the 1997 Queen of the Calgary Stampede Parade, Glenn. So there you go. I know you've been waiting for it. And there you go. You yes. got your information on the Calgary Stampede Parade. Thank you. So, Glenn, if you ever want to go to Calgary, July is the time to go. Mm -hmm. For the greatest outdoor show on earth. Anyway, we then get an interview with the Hearts. Um, they don't get very far into the interview because Stone Cold comes storming in the locker room. The officials have to pull him out. And Bret Hart says, you know, that he wants us to beat him up five to one. That way he can have an excuse later. We're not going to do that. We're going to wait until it's five on five um, because they're baby faces tonight. Yeah. <laughs> they were the quiet. If it be, be the other side of the border, they were the quiet happily beat him up five on one. Yeah. If they were in Detroit, they would have whooped his ass. <laughs> yeah. As they have done quite often lately. <laughs> yeah. And then we get into what could possibly be the best match on this show. Um, two relatively unknowns to American fans at this point. Takamishinoku, you will, of course, people would come to know him in later years and Kai and Tai. And he's mm -hmm. going to take on the great Sasuke. They tell us that we're going to get a pre-recorded promo from Sasuke, but then instead, Mankind and Hunter themselves are back out here brawling through the crowd again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And I understand, I like I like this too because it got the crowd up and excited because otherwise I mean most of these people probably don't know these guys either so at least they got them up and excited before the match started you know what I mean yeah but eventually they apparently Suzuki had appeared at an ECW pay per view back in April mm -hmm. in '97 so there may be a few in the crowd that would have known who he was has seen him in an ECW ring. Yeah, and I'm sure people who are like, you know, tape traders and big to like into like Japanese wrestling knew who mm -hmm. this guy was because he's like a legend over there. I think he owned, oh, yeah. he was the owner and promoter of uh, Michinoku Pro, I believe, back in those days, which yeah. I once watched a Mich Michinoku Pro match and it was a thing called the Great Space War. Um, have you ever heard of this, Glenn? No, I haven't. <laughs> it was the most fucking ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, I can't even explain it to you. It was an orgy of wrestling nonsense is what it was. That's, that's very Japanese. And I'm going to have to look it up and see if I can find it. Because we might have yeah. to watch that someday because it's something. That's for sure. Definitely. Um, so, I mean, Glenn, what do you think of this match? I thought it was amazing. It was an amazing match. The only thing, uh, uh, Michinoko does a Michinoko driver. Mm -hmm. And Suzuki kicks out of it. You know, Either have it as a finish 
or don't have him do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was almost as if someone told him before he went out there, like, no matter what, you're not going to win the match, but no matter what you do, make sure you do it meet your no-who driver because the people need to see it because it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, this match really had everything you wanted. At the beginning, it had good mat wrestling. It had some really stiff shots. There was one point where... Uh, Taka was down in the corner and Sasuke kicked him square in the face. And I'm pretty sure I saw Taka's soul leave his body for a split <laughs> second. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he kicked the fucking <laughs> shit out of him. Um, it was a it was an amazing match. Even that they even were fucking high flying all over the place. I mean, it was really good. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Vince was totally so far behind everything that was going on. He must have called finishes about three times <laughs> even by his standards and it's all over oh no it's not oh, dear, no it didn't no it didn't no it didn't <laughs> no it didn't no it didn't <laughs> yeah there was a lot of that <laughs> it's so funny when you like watch the attitude era and you sound you hear like what vince actually sounds like when he talks as opposed to what he's trying to sound like he sounds when he does commentary it's fucking right. hilarious <laughs> it is. It's like he totally changes his voice yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I a really great match. Sasuke wins it with a, a power bomb followed by like a double underhook suplex. Um, yeah. I if it wasn't for the main event, I would say that that was the best match on the show. Um, but the main event's just too good. Yeah. We then go out to the parking lot, Glenn, where we don't have a parking lot party or a tailgate party. Nope. We've got more Hunter Hearst Helmsley and Mankind Brawling. <laughs> brawling. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It's just so good that it's happening everywhere and all over the place. And like I say, they're fitting it in appropriate moments. Yeah. It's not being, it didn't suddenly come on the screen and take three quarters of the screen and you have Michinoka Suzuki up in the top corner, which they've done before. Yeah, that was my greatest fear for this. Is I'm like, fuck, half this the Sasuke Michinoku match is going to be on fucking split screen, isn't it? But thankfully, it wasn't. They did it before and after. But yeah, man, Hunter throws Mankind into a bunch of kegs of beer. He breaks a shovel over his back. Hunter goes for a pedigree, but Mankind backdrops him. Hunter's bleeding everywhere. They finally get him broken up. Um, and I think that's the last time we see him, isn't it? No, they can't. No, they, they you see them once more. Oh, okay, okay. I couldn't. That was 100% sure. They then get into the uh, upcoming Undertaker versus Vader match, where they tell us the story about how it was supposed to be Undertaker versus Ahmed Johnson. But unfortunately, Ahmed Johnson is very injury prone and tore his knee in an interview segment. And so now he's not going to get his title match. And so instead, it's going to be uh, Vader. We get an interview with Paul Bear. And Doc Hendricks asks him, How can he look himself in the mirror after what he said about the Undertaker? And Paul Bear said, uh, you know, how can he look at himself in the mirror? He's the one who's a murderer, not me. He killed his family. Uh, and it's going to get worse, even worse tonight when he loses the championship to Vader. And then they 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 uh, they remind us of how Vader defeated the Undertaker at the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And Paul Bearer says tonight's going to be Deja Vu! Yes. So, yeah, that's the next match. It's yeah. Vader versus the Undertaker for the I'm WWE. So, even in retrospect, you don't wish injuries on anybody, but I am so glad they were forced to change this. Because this was a million times better than Ahmed Johnson against Undertaker would have been. Yeah, this was definitely better than that would have ever been. Yeah. Um, Vader comes down first. Undertaker gets a massive pop from the crowd. Um, 
I love the reaction of Vader. You know, the Undertaker at this time, the lights would go down and he would get to the ring steps and he would raise his hands for it to go up and they would like light off a big boom. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Vader really sold the boom. Like, oh my God. As if he didn't. Like, as if he hadn't been here before. Yeah. <laughs> and Vince McMahon says, the Undertaker looks like he's really the writer to rock Vader's world. Yeah. So I wasn't sure at that point if they were going to have a wrestling match or make love to each other. I yeah. wasn't sure. <laughs> It's all right. The Yeti doesn't get involved, so there's no, <laughs> there's no Yeti in this match. That's good. There's no, yeah, no, no world rocking goes on. Another funny thing that was funny is like the Undertaker's getting in the ring, and Paul Bear is like behind the the apron, like looking over. Yeah, yeah hiding. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really good too. <laughs> um, but man, certainly a physical matchup. Oh, certainly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Taker starts off by hitting old uh, Vader quite hard, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of dishing it and giving it back out in this match. Yeah. For sure. Um, so this is one of the better matches I think I saw Vader have in the WWF because let's mm-hmm. be honest with ourselves, he didn't have a whole lot of great matches no. when he came to WWF. It was mostly in WWF. No. WCW where he's better days. Yeah, but that this was definitely one of the best matches I've seen him have because mm-hmm. I, I think he really thrives, obviously, when he can wrestle a guy who doesn't mind, you know, taking a couple potatoes mm-hmm. um, yeah. and not having to fly all around the ring as opposed to Shawn Michaels screaming at him and stomping on his head. <laughs> um, Paul Barrow takes off his shoe at one point and starts beating The Undertaker <laughs> with it. And JR with the line of the night says he'll hurt him more with the smell of it. Yeah. <laughs> when he started doing that, oh, I could. Uh, oh, dear. It's just, it was so funny. Yeah, it was really, it was really good. It's not something you see very often. Um, yeah, the, so the crowd was like super into most of these matches and like particularly this one when they would cut to the hard cam whatever the hard camera person was standing on the crowd was so loud that it was literally shaking you could yeah, see the hard cam shaking yeah. they were so loud it uh, was rather uh, they were a noisy lot they were they, they always used to be the way when whenever the WWF or WWE are not in the United States yeah, I mean, there was that run there where I think they had like three or four pay-per-views or premium live events that weren't in America, and they were all like the best crowds. And we were like, you know, in America, you don't deserve pay-per-views anymore. We're doing them all internationally. It, it, it's familiarity breeds contempt. Right. If you've got one pay-per-view every six years or something, you make the most of it. Right. Um, I think. Going off of, of this just very quickly, okay. I think that next year AEW will suffer for that. Uh, having back-to-back all-outs or whatever it is, all-ins or whichever one it is, at Wembley again next year. I think you're going to end up with familiarity breeding contempt. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you sell it out the first time because it's a novelty, but you can't guarantee having it the next... Have, have it... Oh, no, go somewhere else for a couple of years and then come back again so it's fresh again. Right. Yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean there. And it, it's like here in America, 
every city that you live in, WWE is going to come around to your city at least once a year. I mean, I live in Lincoln, Nebraska, and they every year SmackDown comes here. They're going to be here yeah. in January. Every year it happens. So, and and I figure I would probably get more excited about it if I only went to a show every five years. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that was that was what was so good about the Clash at the Castle. It's the first WWE event I've been to since 1992. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Goddamn. I get. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, I mean, it's not awesome that you hadn't you hadn't been in the show since 1992, <laughs> but I'm sure it was awesome to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Taker goes for a choke slam. Uh, Vader hits a low blow up. For some reason, there's not a disqualification. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, and then, like Undertaker tries to hit a tombstone, but Vader tries to reverse it. But like, they must have had some sort of a mishap because. Undertaker just ended up landing on top of Vader. And I don't think that was what was planned. No, no. <laughs> it's like a, the, with with the ending of it, I don't think that quite went to plan either. And I'm trying to find a note on it. <laughs> Here we go. We got it. We're going to find it. <laughs> I can't find I must have just got caught up in the ending. <laughs> so Vader is up on the ropes. He looks like he's yeah. going to go for a Vader bomb, but Taker sits up. Um, he pays the Vader back with a low blow of the zone. He then choke slams um, him from the middle rope, but that only gets a two count. He then picks up Vader, gives him another choke slam, but he all, mm -hmm. and then he kicks out again. So then he tombstones him, and then he does get a three count for the win. Um, and then he chased Paul Bearer to the back after the match, I believe. Yeah, that's it. Because he, he tries to pick him up and he doesn't quite manage it. And then he finally gets him up and tombstones him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think uh, to, to Leon actually helped him the first time and then realized that it was a time to go home and he needed to help him get up. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, as far as like this, this championship run that Taker's had since running at WrestleMania 13, I think this is like the second best match of his run other than oh, yeah. the match he had with Mankind. Um, so oh, I mean, it was a very good match. No, I'm enjoying this this version of Taker. Seeing this again, yeah. The only thing I don't think we have liked was the whole thing with Farouk and him because it just mm. I don't know, it just wasn't. Oh, right. that just didn't work, did it? Yeah, it just didn't work. And to be fair, no. And sadly for Rod Simmons, the whole Farouk thing hasn't worked really. It didn't work against Army Johnson. It didn't work against The Undertaker. Yeah. Look, luckily, he's going to pick up this uh, this young and upcomer named The Rock soon to be in his group. Yes. And then that's going <laughs> to work out for The Rock, but not so much for Farouk. Yeah. Or Ahmed Johnson, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, they show us some more, more of the hearts and stuff around Calgary this weekend. They talk about how Bret Hart had a line of a mile long um, to sign autographs. Um, and he signed every single one of them. They said. Um, mm -hmm. Then we get a video package because they're 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 you know we're getting hyped for the main event which is coming up next. They talk about how the gang warfare is taking over the WWF, and they showed you know the DOA coming in, and then the mm -hmm. Los Periquas, and the Nation of Domination, and then they talk about you know the the whole feud between Bret Hart and and Stone Cold Steve Austin, the five on five match tonight, and then we get. Um, a pre-match promo from uh, the American team, for lack of a better one. They don't, I don't know. Team Austin. Austin's team. 
call it Team Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Doc, ask them how how they feel about being the the underdog. Um, I can't even remember who talked first, but they said something about Clint Eastwood. Oh, oh it was it was Gold Dust. Gold yeah. Dust. Clint Eastwood, and we've got the five. We've got the best five going. And Ken Shamrock says the same thing. Ken Shamrock always says, "Nobody can get in my zone." Once they get in my zone, it's time to knuckle up. You know, as he says. Animal says that this match has nothing to do with the U.S. versus Canada. It's all to do about the survival of the finish. And Hawk <laughs> says, "What was Hawk say, Glenn?" What a wretch! <laughs> That's right, he does. Um, and then they look like Bret Hart. It uh, looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to say something, but then he just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and then glenn we head out to the ring and it's time to stand on your feet and sing the canadian national anthem because we've got the farmer's daughters apparently a female group um, yes that's a hell of a name Glenn. farmer's daughters are very popular here in nebraska but not the musical group just farmer's daughters <laughs> in general um, actually glenn hold on let me i want to tell you some of the hits that the farmer daughters have had over the years you ready Go on, name. So they were they were active from '93 until 2005. So, girls will be girls. That sounds like a fun one. I want to hold you. Mm-hmm. Family love. That one sounds okay. very redneck. Yeah, <laughs> um, does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, son of a preacher man, which I'm pretty sure yeah. is a re-record. Yeah, that uh, was done. Yeah, <laughs> calling all cowboys. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you said Blue Horizon. Walking in the sunshine, you and only you. And the last one I've got here is your good girls gonna be bad. Hmm. That's because they called all the cowboys. That's right. <laughs> clearly that's what happened. <laughs> well, yeah, so uh there, there you have it. There's your you got a lot of information about Canada in this show. They're very pop they were very popular in Canada, apparently. Hmm. You being a DJ, Glenn, you should have known that. <laughs> I had never heard of the farmer's daughter before. <laughs> <laughs> There's a song called The Farmer's Daughter, I believe. Yeah, a country song, of course. It would, it would, it, of course, it's a country song. It wouldn't make much sense to have a rap song called The Farmer's Daughter, no, would it? No, not really. That would be rough. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so yeah, it's the main event. We get gold. It's Gold Dust, Ken Shamrock, LOD, Steve Austin, and taking on the Heart Foundation. Um, gold Dust makes his way to the ring first. They let us know that Marlene is not with him because apparently their daughter's at home sick this evening. And uh, Vince called her a, a super corner person, which made me laugh. Yeah, so, yeah. Is it a super cold person? Uh, and. And a super wife or something. Super yeah. wife, super mom, and a super yeah. corner person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure when Marlena was a little girl, she just thought, if I could just be a super mom, a super wife, and, and a, a super corner person. person. <laughs> um, so, like, most of these guys got booed, except for LOD. I think LOD was the only American team guys <laughs> that got a little bit of the pop from the crowd. Yeah. Well, they would, wouldn't they? That just seemed to be. There was just two ladies in the crowd, though, Glenn. They had they had Shamrock. They had a Shamrock. Oh yeah, I did notice those. Yeah, I did notice those two. So did the King. Those would have been a couple of over farmers' daughters, if you know what I mean. um, (laughs) So, yeah, hello, yeah. I mean, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin, of course. The people are just 
fucking going going ape shit in a negative way. Everyone's booing, and he Austin is eating this up because you can tell he yeah. likes to be hated, and yeah. he tried to be hated in America, but it didn't work. We cheered no. him anyway, and now yeah. he's loving this. Yeah, where Ken Shamrock is absolutely hating not being loved. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know what oh, to Ken, do. Uh, Ken Shamrock can't be a heel. <laughs> But yeah, Austin's eating this up, and then they bring out the hearts one by one. I mean, Pillman comes out, and these people are going crazy, and no hearts have even came out yet. They bring up the anvil; they get a little bit louder. They bring out Davy, who's got you know Miss Cal- Mrs. Calgary with him, Diana Hart. The people go crazy. Owen comes out; the people really go nuts, and then Bret Hart comes out, and forget about it. The whole the whole roof blew off the saddle dome. <laughs> Just before that, there was a sign they cut to. <laughs> typically, this is so typically 1990s WWF sign, and it said, Cameron, Ken Shamrock fights like a girl. Because <laughs> that, that was a big insult in the 90s. You do was... things like a girl, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I didn't catch that, but that's funny. Um, yeah, like I'm not even kidding. Like when Finkel was announcing Brett's name, you could barely hear it. You couldn't. Yeah, the whole place was going bananas. And I think they had to turn the music up too, because at first you could barely even hear his music. Like you, it was yeah. so loud. Yeah. So we get another ring. You know, everybody's. You know, there's a big stare down between everybody in there. I mean, the people are going crazy. Just, it's a pretty fucking awesome moment. Like if you just sit there and just take that in, it's a pretty fucking awesome moment. Yeah, of course. <laughs> There's the, the, the when they show the uh, the Hart family, uh, the King has his usual pop at uh, Stu and Helen Hart. Yeah, about how old they are and everything. I think Brett gave, Brett gave his mom his glasses, and and, and uh, the King said, "I don't think they made those in bifocals." And I think I think the King said something like, "Somebody made that joke in 1970. It wasn't funny then; it ain't funny now." <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, Brett and Austin are the ones that start off the match, and I that's mean, excellent. Yeah, that's really good. No, you've got the two main antagonists. Get them in the ring early. Get the crowd still heated up nicely. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, if you don't say gold dust against Pillman, Pillman as a a start, the crowd would have gone down a little bit. Right. But the fact that you've got Brett and Austin kicking it off is a real good move. Yeah, I mean they they're going back and forth. Brett starts stomping Austin in the corner, and like I I really can't get over it. The crowd was just <laughs> when he's stomping yeah. Austin in the corner, people are fucking losing their shit. Everybody in there, uh, there's not a person sitting down. Uh, Austin's able to fight back. He hits a low blow on Bret Hart. I've noticed like they don't they don't DQ for shit. No. <laughs> no, there was a couple of low blows in that Undertaker and Vader match, and it just got ignored. They're just like, fuck it. <laughs> and even in the Mankind Triple H match, there's at one point where Triple H has got him in the figure four and he's grabbing the ropes for leverage. And the referee yeah. catches him fucking doing it. And he doesn't yeah, make it break the hole. Like, what, the f- what? Why wouldn't you have to make you have to make it break the hole, wouldn't you? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's anyway. one of the nitpick one thing. The officiating is piss poor on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I we could really go back and forth for an hour talking about all the crazy shit that happened in this match. Why don't you give me some some notes that you took from it? Uh, there was that thing of at the beginning where Brett is, as you say, he's hammering Austin in the corner, and the roof's nearly coming off the building. Then Austin re- reverses it and starts beating on Brett, and the booze. They was at that sort of level that uh, Dominic Mysterio's getting now, where you couldn't hear a thing for the booing. Yeah, it reminded me like of Rock versus Hogan. Like that's the kind hmm. of cheers and boos it was going. Yeah, and that's 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 about the only take from that little bit. But uh, there'll be a bit more coming, I suppose, because uh, we just get Shamrock and Anvil in next. Yeah, this is the only thing about these multi-men matches is that this one was very formulaic as well. Yeah. Very small nit- nitpick. You know, nobody, you know, Austin and Brett tagged out first at the same time. So then we get Shamrock and uh, Jim Neidhart in there. Yeah, I mean, then Pillman, Pillman gets in the ring too. He like rakes yeah. Shamrock's eyes. He bites Shamrock's <laughs> face. He spits in his face. That's it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was it. It was the anvil trying to do martial arts stances. Oh, Ken Shamrock. Oh, yeah, that was silly. <laughs> that was quite funny. <laughs> yeah. There was a one where he, like, ducked the kick and he looked at he The look he gave Shamrock was just yeah. so funny. Like, <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> no, he looked at him. Yeah. But Pilmer's really up, up for this. But, you know, obviously... The, the crowd's got the adrenaline going. He's not been in the ring much for a long time. Yeah. That was another thing that I took away from this, too. Is like, it was a shame that Pillman didn't get to do more in WWF than he did. Because, like, literally, yeah. we, barely, we barely even saw him wrestle. That was it. Um, that was down to, I think, for, partly down to the fact that he was trying to push himself too hard. Yeah. Rather than accepting he had to wrestle in a different way. He kept on getting himself injured in training. Right. Trying to get himself back to the level. And of course, then you start getting this bloody things with the painkillers and everything else. Yeah. And the old demons kick in and Yeah, and unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, we'll talk about that at some point too coming up. Yeah. Uh, I know the bulldog gets in there and he utilizes this vertical suplex. He does it on Hawk, which I mean, the crowd went fucking insane for that one too. Um, like I, I feel like they even they were popping harder for for Davy than even Owen. I thought Davy got the yeah. second loudest pops. They did, especially when he got Hawk over his head. Yep, power power, power slammed him. <laughs> no, you don't see you don't you don't see the. Uh, the road warriors thrown around much, but uh, David was doing a good job of it there. Yeah, he probably one one of the only people who could throw those guys around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then we get uh, Gold Dust and Bret Hart kind of facing off. I know we've seen it before, but it's just it's interesting to see you know two second generation guys in the ring working together. Um, <laughs> of course, we got we get multiple times where the match breaks down and everybody starts just brawling. Yeah, well, there's a bit where they get Gold Dust in the. Tr- because he does it so. Uh, Dusty, Dusty, Dusty Rhodes, <laughs> or Runnels, or whatever. He does it so well when he gets himself in that tree of woe and sells so well. And yep. then, of course, you've got all the hearts in here. 
beating on him, the baying crowd for blood. <laughs> yeah. That was a cool spot. Another thing that was fun was it was cool to see Owen Hart get babyface reactions because yeah. most of my life, when I watched Owen wrestle, he was a heel and everybody booed the, the living daylights out of him whenever he came out there. So it was interesting to see him getting some babyface reactions because I don't mm-hmm. ever remember seeing that as a child. Then we get the usual breakdown, as, as would happen, where Rustin gets hold of a chair and attacks uh, Owen's leg. And then the whole of the bloody Hart family get involved. Yeah, so like Owen, he like oh Austin takes Owen, he like runs his knee into the turnbuckle post a couple of times. He goes and gets a chair, hits him a few times. Yeah, he he I think one of the Hart brothers threw a drink on him. Yeah, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce, of course it was Bruce. Um and then Brett kind of does the same thing to Austin. He pulls his leg over there. He gets a I think it was a fire extinguisher, wasn't it? Yeah. He gets a fire extinguisher, wails on Austin's knee, puts the figure four around the knee, and they basically carry Owen out, and then once this happens to Austin, they carry Austin out too. So we're basically mm-hmm. looking at a four-on-four match yeah. after this, at least for a little while. I thought it was funny that uh, JR was like, it looks like Austin might be out of it, and Vince says, I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> you, get, you get the feeling that Vince has given up even trying to give Steve Austin basic instructions at this point. Yeah, it's like fucking. It's basically, you're you're making me millions in merch. Just go and do what you want to do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care, man. Whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Bret Hart and Jim and Jim Nyhart did like an old uh, Hart Foundation move where Jim put him over his knee for the backbreaker, and Bret yeah. came up the middle rope with the elbow. Which obviously that got a big pop from the crowd because of, you know mm-hmm. reminiscent of the old Hart Foundation stuff. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> there's another note I got here about the LOD is that they were like a couple of excited dogs at times because of the crowd I think and they were just going running and attacking people for the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think adrenaline was definitely kicking just random members of the Hart family yeah, just going attacking the adrenaline was definitely very high or something yeah. else Yes, yeah, so they have Shamrock on the outside. Pillman like throws him into the French announce table. Maybe I'm not 100 percent sure which table it was. And then mm-hmm. like they throw Hawk into the ring stairs. And people are flying everywhere. Eventually, um, Austin comes back down to the ring. He gets Brett in the sharpshooter, and then Owen comes back down and you know, saves Bret Hart from the sharpshooter. Everything starts to break down. Austin's uh, fighting outside the ring. He grabs one of the Hart brothers. I think it's Bruce. Pulls him over the rail. Um, Brett comes out there. He kind of fights Austin off. He throws Austin in the ring. Uh, Owen rolls him up with the schoolboy for the one, two, three, and the Hart Foundation wins. Um, and then all hell breaks loose after that. Everybody starts fighting the Hearts. The Hearts and family that's in the front row are in the ring fighting with the guys. And yeah. they have to get the Royal Canadian Police out here to stop yeah. everything from happening. Uh, it was ridiculous. And what made me laugh is. <laughs> right at the end, when all the hearts, all million of them, are trying <laughs> to pack into the ring, and they're standing there with a bloody little tiara on, trying to all daintily get in the ring, and there's still people fighting around her and everything. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty silly. Uh, yeah, 
they get everybody out of the ring. They announce the hearts as the winner. They, they all the hearts start to fill the ring. Um, Austin gets back into the ring. He hits Nightheart with the chair. He then starts getting mobbed by every member of the, of the Heart Foundation that ever lived. They're beating Austin in the ring. <laughs> then they handcuff Austin, even though he just got the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Austin, with his hands behind his back, is flipping off, like bending down and flipping off the crowd as yeah. he's walking out. Which is an incredible scene. It was. <laughs> oh. And then, literally, you can see Teddy Hart's in the ring. You can see Natty Nightheart's in the ring. You can see uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr.'s in the ring. Tyson Kidd's yeah. in the ring. I believe I read in Bret Hart's book that he was even walking around the ring. He saw some kid that he didn't know. He said, who are you? He said, I, he said, I told him I was a Hart kid. <laughs> he said, all right, man, just smile and wave. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were so many of them. How would you know? How could anybody know? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> there was at one point two Jerry Lawler. Even, even, even the hearts probably it. did. <laughs> Brett yeah. was probably the only one that actually noticed he wasn't. Yeah, Stu, Stu didn't know. He didn't even know where he was. <laughs> <laughs> there was yes. at one point where Jerry Lawler says something like, and Stu and Helen Hart are responsible for all of this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, as a, as a big, I'm sure that they were they were trying trying to work. Stu, I'm sure he was running on batteries by this time, Stuart, oh, yeah. because you know his batteries had, had definitely failed him. There's at one point where they were introducing him. <laughs> Again, I think it was it was Bruce. He had to hold his arm up to sort of acknowledge the crowd. Like weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It, was, it did look a little, it did look we get a Bernie's esque. You are correct. You are correct. Well, that's it. I mean, that's the best 1997 show we've seen thus far. Oh, by far. Definitely. Yeah, by far. We give it four thumbs up. If I had another thumb, I'd give oh, it. Oh, yeah, thumb. definitely. Double, double thumbs up. And this is the sign that we are definitely into the attitude era now yeah because um i know i know the SummerSlam show coming up is good um there's a lot of good stuff <clears> on there um so yeah i i, I think the trajectory oh. of, of it here is only going to go up I can't yeah, yeah austin's in full flight as you say we've got the rock coming in soon yep and uh there's a lot to look forward to there is a lot you got. You got what's gonna get, what's gonna continue to happen with this Undertaker Paul Bearer thing. Um, mm. Shawn Michaels is injured right now. He's gonna be coming back soon. Um, there's just a lot that's gonna be going on in the late in the summer, the late summer months of WWF. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't. I think that's it, Glenn. I don't think we have anything else to talk about. You got anything else you want to say about this show? No, no. It was just a really good show. If you haven't never watched this, I suggest you go and watch it. Mm. If you if you don't have time to watch it all, at least watch the main event. The main event is <laughs> probably the best five on five tag team yeah. match ever. It is entertaining. It is funny. It's got a bit of everything. Yeah, it's 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 one of those matches that really has it all. I mean, this whole pay this pay per view has it all. You just yeah. watch the whole thing. It's only like an hour forty eight minutes. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's four hours. No. Perfect pay-per-view. Four matches that flew by. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So give that a watch if you haven't watched it. 
And also, you should check out all these fabulous people that Glenn is going to plug right now. Uh, I'm booking the territory. Um, they are in full flow at the moment. Um, hang on a second. Where are we? Just bring them up. So, on the old dog and bone. They have done um, the first and last episodes of WWE Saturday Morning Slam. Yes. I listened it, to both of those episodes this morning at work. They were fantastic. They are. I understood every word they said. I understood it all. I was with them. You did. You, you managed to understand. That's how I'm money. Break, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, give them a listen. They're uh, also doing. Uh, I've got to shut them off again. The Big Daddy, uh, Big Daddy, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I want to actually bring up because I know what it. Because they called it unstacking T, unstacking T Dadatory. That's it. <laughs> That's good. Mm. We're building up to uh, Big Daddy against Giant Haysacks at Wembley. The most watched wrestling match ever, apparently. And all, you know, check those guys out if you like to talk about beer too. It's ever pumpkin spice beer. That's my one complaint from your guys' show is is that that lovely lady you have on the show. She's drinking pumpkin spice beer. That's my only complaint. As he, as Dan said, he had no control on that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's you're a beginner, right. so you have to get uh, you have to that start somewhere. And for a break. <laughs> The Doctor Who podcast with the Doctor Who podcast with Danny Inside. They're back. They've done their two um, draft episodes, so they'll be getting into. I think they've got one more draft episode to do, uh, where past guests are picking episodes for them to review, and then they'll be getting into series five properly. Um, apparently. They've promised me a, a slot on Series 6. And I'll hold you to that, Dan. <laughs> and um, DDT Wrestling with DCA Doc. And, of course, Bang Bang Podcast. Andy's back with Steve. And in a few weeks, I'm going to be recording a Christmas special with him. Holy fuck, Glenn. Christmas is coming, isn't it? It certainly is. And it involves two wrestling Santa Claus. I love it. <laughs> oh, I love I think, it. I think you might know what it is. I think I do. <laughs> we won't we won't spoil it, but I think I do. <laughs> All right then. That's it. Well make sure you check out Sportswire Radio, and as always, give our buddy Thomas Bryce a follow on all the social medias. It's 2017 or 2020, depending on what social media app that you have. Um, make sure you check out our wrestling classic uh, watch along that we've got out right now. We're currently on episode two. Um, we get into the semifinals. Um, some silliness goes on there. Uh, make sure you check out. Uh, the Life and Times of Psycho Sid. I don't know shit the Life and Times of Psycho Sid. Make sure you check that out on YouTube. As we watch Psycho Sid cut bad promos and destroy poor jobbers. Uh, <laughs> every every Friday that comes out. So make sure you check that out. I believe episode 10. The historic 10th episode will be out. This is our last WCW episode for now, Glenn. We're going to head into WWF 1992 after episode 10. So. Oh, right. Okay. 
So there we go. Yeah, we'll be seeing the start of some careers that we're seeing the end of here. <laughs> oh, and also for AW iPod Worldwide, you're going to begin the build to WCW Uncensored 2000. This is a show that we are going to be building to. Um, Excellent. Wrestling class and classic. And I can't wait to watch some 2000 WCW because it's awful. I don't care what you say, Dan. It's awful. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway. What I was going to do too is because de- like worldwide isn't around in the year 2000. So I was going to go through and like uh, chop and cut and chop some parts from like Nitro and Thunder leading up to it. That would be interesting for us to watch and kind of go from there. So uh, yeah, that'd be good. It'll be interesting to see what happens. So be on the lookout for that and everything else we got going on. Um, subscribe <laughs> to us on YouTube if you don't already. I don't know what you're doing with your life. You should be. Um, that's it, Glenn. I don't think I have anything else, do I? No, I think that's it. Thank God, because I am out of breath. The only thing left to do is for Glenn to say goodbye. Goodbye.